Hey! Veggie sausages? What? Veggie sausages. No. Pig flesh. <laughs> Ugh. Who are you listening to? Correct. No. Who's the band? That's right. What's right? What you just said. You want me to guess who? No. Not guess who. They're a different group from Canada. Just tell me the name of the band. Who? The people playing and singing the singing the song. Who? Who are you fucking listening to? Correct! Stop it. Take your headphones off. Thank you. Now one last time before I shove those sausages where the sun don't shine. Where's that, Grimsby? Who are you listening to? The who? Oh. I thought you didn't like them. Yeah. Well, I don't really... Uh, I mean, you've got to respect Keith Moon's drumming, but uh, then there's Pete Townsend, who I just don't like. You know, the recruitment campaign he did for the U.S. Air Force. But I think mainly, it's just when I first heard them, I had my uh, musical plate full with Floyd and Tull and Zepp. But this song, Won't Get Fooled Again, has uh, sort of become an earworm. It's like really been on my mind lately with my thinking about the podcasts I'm reviewing this week. Aren't you doing the Tom Waits podcasts? No, I'm doing those next week. This week I'm focusing on Syria. Oh, heavy. How's it going? Well, actually it's a total nightmare and it's so sad and it's so complex. I was hoping I'd find, you know, one or two pods that would try and focus on it comprehensively. A full historic reckoning from how Assad's dad weaponized suicide bombers and chased Reagan and the U.S. military out of the Lebanon to now barrel bombing their own cities to maintain uh, their slender grip on power with the help of Russia and Iran. But instead, I've found a half a dozen shows who have just about managed to cover the various aspects of it in a sort of piecemeal fashion. But, you know, some with some depth. So, why the who? Well, bit of light relief, and uh, like I say, the song, Won't Get Fooled Again, has uh, been coming to mind a lot, because, you know, you can't help but ask, uh, why? Why are we allowing this to happen, as you see our, I mean, humanity's collective failure to help the Syrian people? And then you realise it's because, you know, so much moral capital has been squandered and pissed away by the Bush regimes and the CIA and their invasion of Iraq based on proven lies and 
all the other discredited operations and insurrections and coups. So it's become impossible for us to set an actual red line, like the use of chemical weapons, and then actually follow through with it. Our narrative as the good guys won't fly anymore because our tainted reputation has fucked everything up. Although I just see today how we've sent troops to defend oil fields in Saudi Arabia. So I guess, following Occam's razor, it probably is just a case of us not actually giving a shit about people. We just care about the oil we need to steal or buy at ridiculously low and planet-fatal prices. Hey, if only refugees were barrels of oil and not people. Trump would probably fly his dead buddy Jeffrey Epstein's private jet from Mar-a-Lago to the Mediterranean to pick them up personally. Wow. Sounds like a fun show. Yeah, it's going to be a total hoot. Happy Jack wasn't told, but he was a man. Hi, this is Pete Townsend of The Who. I just want to say that the United States Air Force is a great place to be, a great place to learn a space-age skill and serve your country too. The aerospace team, that's where all the breakthroughs are. See your United States Air Force recruiter. Find out how you too can fly the skies, reach for the moon, and touch the stars in the United States Air Force. Hey, welcome to the show. That Pete Townsend uh, public service announcement is something else, isn't it? The original mod father doing a recruitment drive for the U.S. Air Force in 1967. Pretty much slap bang in the middle of the Vietnam War. Why? Why, Pete? Why'd you do it? I should probably check to see if he's done any more stuff like that over the years. Anyway, it's great to be back. Had a pretty epic summer. Camping and travelling with the kids. Adirondacks, New Hampshire, Yellowstone, Glacier, Alberta. Here's what the kids liked about it. Hey, Sierra. What was the uh, best bit about our summer holidays? We saw a bear! We saw a bear! Yay! That was good. We did see a bear. What about the old... But we saw a bear! But we saw a bear! That was really good, yeah. How about Glacier National Park? That was pretty cool. Boring, but we saw a bear! What do you mean boring? We, we saw a lake full of baby moose. Uh-huh. That was good. Anything else? What about seeing the buffalo? That was good, but we saw a bear! Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? How about the Grand Prismatic Spring? Remember that? How about Glacier National Park? What did you think, Blazy? Did you like it? Yeah. But we saw that! But we saw that! Yeah, so, a five-minute encounter with a black bear topped everything we did over uh, the months. It was pretty cool. So on with the show. This week, I'm reviewing podcasts about the Syrian war. It's been a lot of very hard listening, uh, I can tell you. But I can think of nothing more important and maddeningly overlooked than this incredible and horrific climax to the Arab Spring rebellions. I mean, what a fucking nightmare. It's probably the biggest refugee crisis since World War II, if you count the internally displaced and also the missing millions of Iraqi refugees who were in Syria escaping ISIS and the Iraq War. And then you've got the displaced Palestinians, who were never accurately counted, uh, because they're kept an unprocessed and unsettled limbo to be used as a human meat shiv by Arab states against Israel whenever possible. I'm so fucking sad about the situation. It's so complex and so horrific. 
Um, but the saddest thing really boils down to witnessing a people being caught between at least a dozen armies who are committing war crimes and genocide. Basically, actual total war with uh, Russian propaganda flexing its mighty muscles to confuse and bamboozle at every turn. Oh, and chemical weapons! And at one point, the Pentagon and the CIA were backing opposing rebel armies to the tune of 30 to 40 billion dollars. I mean, there was just so many lost weapons in the region. Another stunning CIA blunder. They trained at least three armies and pushed them into Syria, and they just either straight up joined Al-Qaeda or Al-Nusra or ISIS, or just sold the weapons to them. To lose one billion dollar arsenal of weapons to a bloodthirsty terrorist organisation is a misfortune. To lose a dozen? Fucking clowns. Bashir al-Assad was so close to being toppled in that first year after the Arab Spring hit, um, that he had to pull out his chemical weapons to keep his head from a spike. And it turns out, chemical weapons have become quite a habit for him to break. Then, um, the biggest US Marine battle in modern times at Raqqa to take back the capital of the ISIS Caliphate. And then there's Turkey. Ah, Turkey, playing all sides at once, letting ISIS and Al-Qaeda come and go at will across its border in the hope that they'd sooner or later take care of their own Kurdish problem. Then you've got the YPG and all that weirdness with those American Marxist kids going to fight for them. And then there's the disappeared in Assad's torture camps. So the total death count from the Arab Spring in Libya is estimated at being just around 50,000 people. Estimates of just the disappeared in Assad torture camps are topping 100,000. Then you've got sieges, the sieges of modern cities, never seen to this degree before, in which imams have had to issue decrees to their starving congregations that they can go ahead and ignore the Quran and skin and eat cats to survive. Where to begin? How do you adequately cover this mass insanity and barbarity? It's like the famous quote attributed to Stalin, one death is a tragedy, but a million is just a statistic. It's a total failure of our imagination, in our ability to act, our ability to draw red lines and fucking mean it, NATO's being made impotent on the sidelines, Trump responds to the chemical weapon use by blowing up an airbase after he's already told the Russians and Assad that he was going to do it, so they could move all their planes and personnel out of there. I mean, it's just insane. It's just one tragic sham after another, and on it goes, and on it goes, spinning out of control, as old William Butler wrote, things fall apart, the centre cannot hold, anarchy is loosed upon the world, the blood-dimmed tide in which the ceremony of innocence is drowned, the best lacking all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Representative Ilhan Omar. More Republican Nazi rallies? Impeach already! When you feel so mad that you wanna roar, take a deep breath. 
imitation food not fit for human consumption. The terms happy and meal are trademarks and should not be taken literally. It's review. <laughs> First up, the Syrian Civil War podcast. This is the sort of podcast I was hoping to find about the Syrian war. It was inspired by a subreddit about the ongoing conflicts around Aleppo. And it begins in July 2016. And it has a definite drumbeat feeling of reporting on events as they are happening. Like the fall of Aleppo, uh, the battles of uh, around Hammer and Palmyra, and the use of chemical weapons. There's some episodes that circle around some important topics, like Turkey's role in the conflict. And there is an episode on the book, The Management of Savagery, which is the Al-Qaeda ISIS political manifesto uh, published in the early 2000s, which uh, is a fascinating uh, text outlining their uh, goals and the way they operate. The episodes do a good job uh, bringing in names of actual people on the ground, working and fighting, and uh, the host has good support from a variety of guests. So it begins in July 2016, but then the show only goes up to November 2017, and the full show contains just 14 episodes. It was put together by Christian Gentry, a student at the Appalachian State University, studying international political science and history. I've emailed him to find out why he stopped the show, but I'm guessing he just finished his exams and ran out of funding and had to take a job. Um, it's a shame that the show ended because it was doing a great job um, reporting weekly on what was happening in Syria and also uh, taking steps back to provide historical analysis um so it's a it's a real loss but we do have these 14 episodes in the pod bank so we'll just have to take what we can get they are a good grounding in that year of the war and the gas attacks with some decent attempts at filling in some of the historical information needed to grasp the wider conflict as a whole it gets five stars two thumbs up and a reddit chorus reddit 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 Next up is the Forced Migration Review. Now, what is a podcast? Well, for me, it's anything that is delivered on the RSS podcast feed. It's spoken word, basically, in all its wonderful forms, from the highly produced radio dramas to just weirdos sharing their obsessions in unsoundproof garden sheds, and everything between and beyond. So even this, which is basically just an audio version of a print publication from the Oxford University, uh, the Forced Migration Review, issue 47, from September 2014. The podcast is a passive reading of the issue, and it outlines the staggering size and horror of the refugee problem that was taking place in Syria in 2014, which when you compare to the goals uh, outline in the jihadist book, The Management of Savagery, which I just learned about in the last podcast, 
Um, the refugee crisis almost looks like a deliberate weaponized aspect of the war to destabilize Europe and put the UN on the back foot. So this podcast came out about two years and a bit into the war. So yes, this is a snapshot of the problem that only got worse and is still continuing to get worse um, because it grew from being a historic refugee crisis into a genocidal one. So when you listen to these articles, you find out that they're all well written, uh, written by groups and people working on the ground at the highest levels of various countries in the United Nations. And the gravity of the information delivered with what we know has happened is nothing less than shocking. It's a hideous indictment of the state of humanity. I mean, the numbers of refugees that are counted, the internally displaced counted, the people who are just not there anymore. As you're listening, it becomes the kind of document that you hope will be part of some war crimes trial for Assad and Putin in some glorious human future where law and order is re-established for world affairs. To get a full sense of the refugee crisis as it was in the early days, check out this podcast. Five stars, two thumbs up, and a funeral march. Next up is the Brief History Podcast from a guy called Andrew Knight. This is a history podcast that attempts to summarise in under an hour large historical events. Great idea for a show. Um, there are episodes on Syria. It's a decent effort, but it does come over a little bit like a dry listing of the key battles from a clever guy in the corner of a pub, rather than a considered analysis of the full uh, developing situation. There are other episodes in the Brief History podcast on more historical wars, like the Korean War and the Zulu Wars, and these benefit from being more settled and understood historical situations. The host, Andrew Knight, is reading from a script, and he's kind of uncomfortable with the Arabic. So, you know, his pronunciation of Arabic is going to annoy the shit out of you uh, if you fire this one up. He gets five stars, uh, two thumbs up, and a confused dog. Hi, this is Pete Townsend of The Who. I just want to say that the Catholic Church is a great place to be, a great place to pretend to have moral authority and a great place to enrich yourself while raping children too. The Vatican, that's where all the gold is. Find out how you too can eat Jesus, speak Latin and touch kids in the Roman Catholic Church. Oh no, Pete! Not again! Why did you do it? In the midst of a 40-year child sex abuse scandal that shows no sign of ever ending. Rochester, New York was just a new one last week. And then there was that report just from June that the church has spent over 10 million on political lobbyists trying to push laws that would reduce the statute of limitations so they don't have to defend themselves in court anymore. Yep, I guess that's what Jesus would do. Sick. How the Catholic Church is allowed to continue to operate is beyond me. Hmm. It's almost like they've been allowed to brainwash generations of people at birth. But Pete, why do you have to get involved? Why? Anyway, there better not be any more of those. Next up is Behind the Lines from journalist Shane Bauer. It's a special three-part podcast put out as part of the Mother Jones podcast, which is something they're attempting to build using all the reporters they employ. I don't know if you know Shane Bauer, but he's a brilliant journalist. If you haven't come across his work before, you should track it down and find it online. 
In the past, he's gone undercover and worked for a uh, for-profit prison, and he's pretended to be a white supremacist and reported from inside militia groups patrolling the southern border. And um, he, oh, he was he was one of the three hikers arrested by Iran in 2009 and then released in 2011 as part of the softening of the Iranian sanctions around the Iran deal. And uh, I think after there was also a half a million dollar ransom uh, paid via the Sultan of Oman, by the by. So, well, huge credit for going back into the region, Mr. Bauer. He uh, snuck back into Syria to make this peace. And honestly, if I'd done two years of an eight-year sentence in an Iranian jail for hiking, I would not be getting on a plane flying anywhere in the general direction of Iran, let alone sneaking into a war-torn country in which your former captors are a major player. So anyway, he wrote this big three-part series for Mother Jones, and they've turned that some of that article into this three-part podcast. And it's a good effort, but it's clear it's an adaptation of a written article um, done probably under time pressure to tie into the written and online publication release. It is good, but it's not as good as the full written article. They've broken up his article into three different features. Part one is on Burian Sirius Forgotten Dead, where he goes around uh, with forensic teams in Raqqa, the bombed-out former capital of the short-lived uh, ISIS caliphate. The second part is a recording of a tour he took around the Black Stadium, a notorious ISIS prison in bombed-out Raqqa. And the third part focuses on uh, Samantha Elisani, the American woman and notorious ISIS wife who is currently on trial in Indiana uh, for the material support of terrorism, basically for marrying and supporting an ISIS fighter and joining the caliphate. And she took her son with her, allowed him to be used as the American ISIS kid, uh, showing him training to use weapons in various ISIS propaganda videos on YouTube. The three episodes are a good, worthy, and harrowing listen. If you want to focus on the Raqqa battle, the biggest deployment of American Marines in modern times, and get a sense of the horror of living in Raqqa under ISIS, this uh, podcast is for you. Like I say, the articles are better, deeper, and more in line with what you expect of Shane Bauer's work. And since I'm a fan of his writing, I had hope for more from the podcast. I'd hope for a more comprehensive look at Syria, but uh, I know now that it was naive of me. I mean, it's such a vast and horrific shit show that it's hard to wrap your head around, let alone have someone gathering the necessary personal interviews and audio in Syria as as the bombs are falling around you. So the podcast gets uh, four and a half stars. It loses half a star for the uh, Mother Jones studio host who opens the series, Because in the first episode, she's just way too fucking happy and chipper to be introducing uh, an episode that is essentially a horrific audio tour of a mass grave exhumation. It's it's a tonal faux pas. And I think they do pick up on it and she adjusts well and as adapted by episode three. But it's still very jarring to begin with in the first episode. So let's see. Uh, The Mother Jones podcast, Behind the Lines three-parter gets two thumbs up uh, four and a half stars police siren duck the clanking of a prison door and lightsabers because uh, because shane must be a jedi for even agreeing to go back anywhere near iran and actually into an isis prison 
Next up is a podcast called Ethnically Ambiguous. This is a podcast from Anna Hosnia, an Iranian-American producer, and her co-host, Shireen Lani Yunis, a Syrian-American filmmaker and artist. The show's mission is to let people know what it's like to be a modern Middle Easterner living in America today. And it's a great listen, hearing them discuss politics and society, and they also do their best to try and keep it funny and entertaining. And they succeed a lot of the time. They did one episode on Syria directly, and it's heartbreaking hearing Shireen um, break down as they both struggle to comprehend the complexity and fucking horror of the conflict. We live in a culture that successfully marginalises and criminalises and silences brown people in all kinds of subtle and not-so-subtle ways, so I'm really glad to have found this show, and I'm hooked, and I think if you give it a chance, you will be too. Speaking as a white man actively trying to find my way out of the snare of my own prejudices in a society that is set up to reinforce and strengthen these prejudices, it is great to be able to just shut the fuck up and listen to these women and let me witness and learn from their experiences. So, the Ethnically Ambiguous podcast gets five stars, two thumbs up, let's see. A quote from Sufi poet Hafiz. Turn your back on those who would imprison your wondrous spirit with deceit and lies. And the Toy Story theme. In Arabic. Next up, well, how to begin? Now, this one, um, this one is from the Modern War Institute at West Point. So I've had to wallow in the clipped insanity of the military mind. Um, so yeah, the Modern War Institute at West Point produced two podcasts, the Straight Source, just called the MWI podcast, and another one called The Spear, uh, which is uh, conversations with combat veterans talking about experiences on the front line. Yeah, The Spear. If you join the army, you become the tip of the spear. It is an honour to be a tool, and we will use you and then put you away in a shed or abandon you on a park bench in one of our larger metropolitan areas. If you are a spear and you are picked up and used by Nazis, then that is okay, because you are an unthinking tool. Do not worry, we will give you a military discount at Disney World. Never question the mission. If the mission is to sit in the desert and provide patriotic cover to justify Halliburton and others grafting money from the American taxpayer, so be it. You are the tip of the spear. The spear does not think. You are rewarded for not thinking. If your commander-in-chief is a draft dodger who insults Gold Star military families and whose main concern is appeasing the enemy and enriching himself, so be it. You are just a spear. If you have to capture and recapture Mosul over and over and find yourself fighting against weapons lost by the CIA, do not question the mission. Everyone must respect the military at all times, and you are a spear. So, yeah, the main show has guests from across the military hawk diaspora discussing tactics and operational theory with a cool reptilian gloss. You've got, you know, discussions on the future of cyber conflict with the commander of the US Army Cyber Command. 
Um, the whole show is actually very forward-looking with lots of tech episodes about uh, the future battlefield and robot armies and drone wars. It's very smug and self-confident. It just oozes that West Point military class privilege and it gets off on pseudo-intellectualising the justification and practice of warfare as if they're geeks discussing Star Wars uh, with about as much empathy and connection as insurance loss adjusters figuring out ways to screw the public. For example, episode two, which is, I think, called uh, Look at Urban Warfare in the Syrian City of Aleppo, has a guest star, Dr. Roger Shamahan. And it features tidbits like, you know, everyone was very surprised when the Russians and Iranians went all in to the level they did backing Assad. Before they did, the rebels were winning against the Syrian army, with, even with amateur hour movements and deployments uh, in civilian SUVs. I mean, you know, just thinking about that, it's incredible. There are actual war rooms where the superpowers are observing what's happening, basically watching civilians trying to escape cities like Aleppo and being desperately covered by last gasp rebellious rearguard actions from freedom fighters in sedan cars. And these guys, uh, you know, sat in their cosy war rooms uh, joking with each other and saying, that manoeuvre was like amateur hour. I would have been able to take that convoy out with a simple airstrike. Um, so, yeah, look, okay, maybe I found this podcast towards the end of my Syrian studies, and so uh, I've had the ghost of the Syrian dead on my shoulder. Maybe there's a lot to recommend this show. I've actually listened to five or six episodes, and they do provide a lot of food for thought, and they do seem to be forward-thinking and trying to bring in... Uh, a plurality of opinions it does it is kind of seductive the mindset you know the intellectualization of death uh the inbuilt you know kind of the the way the class has this inbuilt way to ignore the basic macro level fuck-ups and undemocratic evil of the military industrial complex of which they serve which of course is funded uh by a socialist tax on us all and every now and again, you'll find that they say the Rand Corporation in hallowed tones. And for some of the shows, it's kind of like you're listening to Major Major from Catch-22. And it's almost slightly boring to the point that it sounds totally reasonable. You know, a kind of siren song of chiselled ambition and respectability. And you drift off into a Norman Rockwell world of simplicity. And then they'll say something fucking straight out of Doctor Strangelove. And your head will start spinning. Like, uh... The major problem is we are hampered by a need not to kill civilian populations, or at least kill as few of them as possible. If only we could produce a chemical gas that would kill only jihadis. Wink, wink. And there's a definite matter-of-fact wistfulness about this, which I'm sure is a common thought when you're in the army training from the top to the bottom of the army i bet they just want to go and fight go and do the job to which they are trained let's slip the dogs of war without moral restraint let's join in the total war you can hear it if you listen closely 
the hunger for total war is right there beating in their warrior chests, right below the medals for taking Mosul, retaking Mosul, losing Mosul, so we can retake it again from the jihadis who have, have now conveniently been supplied weapons by the CIA. Almost like they've decided to use these uh, cities, Mosul and in Syria, Aleppo, Homs, as case studies for their war games because it's too expensive to build actual urban warfare centers that can uh, a adequately train and model what they want to do on the ground. Okay, so um, the Modern War Institute podcast from West Point gets five stars. Because they are five-star generals, goddammit, and I'm an American, and to do otherwise than give them five stars would be treason. Maybe. And it also gets uh, clear eyes, clear hearts. Clear eyes, full hearts, get loose. And a Doctor Strange love. whole point of the doomsday machine is lost. If you keep it a secret, why didn't you tell the world, eh? Hi, this is Pete Townsend of The Who. I just want to say that the Syrian Army Air Force is a great place to be, a great place to barrel bomb hospitals and mosques, and a great place to serve your leader too. The Macabarat. That's where all the torture starts. Find out how you too can fly the skies, learn Russian, and commit airborne genocide in the Syrian Air Force. Not again, Pete. Why? Why do it? Why do you have to do it? There was hours and hours of horrific barrel bomb footage on YouTube. You know what's going on. It's horrific. Why do you have to do a PSA for the Syrian Air Force? Why? Okay, last review. Maybe save the best until last, perhaps. Uh, the podcast show is called Behind the Bastards. It's the work and brainchild of Robert Evans, an investigative journalist and former editor of Crack.com, who has reported... Uh, from war zones in Iraq and the Ukraine. And it's pretty special. It specializes in deep dive historical biopics of uh, all the bastards of history, from Pat Buchanan to Jeffrey Epstein, from King Leopold III to Joseph Stalin. And uh, there's also great general episodes like, you know, the birth of the KKK, how the payday loan industry is bastards all the way down, and how it takes a village of bastards to make a Weinstein. So they've done a profile, a two-hour profile of... Uh, Bashir al-Assad and it's the best profile I've heard on the mass murdering scumbag and his hideous Marie Antoinette of a wife. It's not just a profile but a history of how the Assads came to power and how we get to where we are now. The host Robert Evans, his raging sadness about the events of the past eight years in Syria uh, comes ripping through uh, the show even though as a whole uh, throughout the series and this show he does uh, try to find the funny even though it mostly comes off as kind of uh, tragic gallows humour, which is understandable. It's basically all we have left. He's clearly a history buff, and his reading and knowledge shines through. You know, you find callbacks to people like uh, Alios Brunner, the escaped Nazi war criminal, the senior in the Gestapo, who escaped to Syria at the end of World War II and was hidden by them. And they used him to set up the Mahagarat... Uh, surveillance and torture program, which prior to the Arab Spring was spoken of fondly by the CIA as the best of the best. And yes, the CIA uh, subcontracted to Syria to use their torturers uh, to circumvent international law in the past. So the show is full of fascinating information and you should add it to the top of your pod queue. Behind the Bastards, five stars, two thumbs up, a Hellraiser. Pain 
has a face. I am pain. And all the marbles. have you back. To answer your questions, no, I don't think I ever went to anything at the Syrian embassy when it was still open. Strange, now that I think about it, they claim they invented glass, chemistry, the alphabet. I bet they even had a claim on shoes. <laughs> we probably missed a trick there, but the boss steers clear of a lot of the Middle East stuff since most of them don't officially drink, so there's rarely any alcohol. I do know a guy who worked for Brown Lloyd James, big PR firm and propaganda merchants. Really fucking evil. He helped pull together the Assad puff piece that appeared in vogue right before the Arab Spring. You know the one, where they had Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie driving around Damascus with the Assads, as if they were a cool, normal couple and not homicidal maniacs who ran a network of torture chambers and were months away from barrel-bombing their own people. Sick. He made bank on it, though. I think I saw pictures of a new boat he got out on the eastern shore. Yeah, he's a bit of a dick now that I think about it. Next boat pick he posts, I'll be sure to post a pic of some refugee kids washing up on Mediterranean beaches. That's where the boat should be. Our generation's Dunkirk, and we didn't fucking show up. Man, when you start following the money, fuck, there is so much complicity. That's the evil business Brown Lloyd James is in. There was a WikiLeaks release of their emails to Assad, talking about how to create the appearance of pursuing reform while repressing the uprising. Shit. Anyway, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, my tattoo guy. Look, I don't know how to say it, but he's kind of like a big deal. He's huge. He's an Instagram influencer, millions of followers. Don't get mad, but he's kind of out of your league. Honestly, he's out of my league, too. I just got lucky when I bumped into him at Coachella, and it just happened. So, I don't think there's any point in me giving you his number. And in any case, he only does Star Wars-themed stuff, and mostly full back, so he's not going to do a little Tom Waits tattoo for you. But I'm here. And I will happily go to the hip tattoo parlors around town with you until we find someone good. And, uh, in your budget. Does Jen know about this? Seriously, man? You're not giving me the number of your tattoo guy? I'm just not cool enough, is that it? He's out of my league? Right, because the Death Star on your shoulder is equivalent to the Mona Lisa. You know, whatever. I'm just considering a small something. Maybe Tom Waits based. I was thinking of having the tattoo, maybe, or the design of it at least as the episode art for the next show, but whatever, anyway. That's a wrap. Hope you enjoy the serious show. Back 
next week to review all the Tom Waits fan podcasts. I'm a Tom Waits fan. I'm a fan of Tom Waits podcasts. Maybe I'll get it to two. The jazz is provided by Mario Roms Interzone. I don't know who's providing your jazz at the moment, but you should switch to these cats. Please like and subscribe to the show. And if you're enjoying it, you can buy me a coffee. Hit the link on my webpage, andyspodcasterpodcastingpodcast.com. Catch you next week. Bye.